Welcome to the Epic Living Podcast with Jim Simcoe. I'm Jim Simcoe. I'm here to help you make your life epic. So let's get rolling. Hey, this is Jim Simcoe. Welcome to the podcast. Today's episode is all about giving an epic speech, how to give an epic speech, toast, or presentation. So public speaking tips for people who do not like public speaking. So I got to say, before I even get into this, one of the funniest things about this podcast is like that this is literally the sixth time I've tried to record this specific topic. And I think it's pretty funny because I give speeches all around the country and I've done it in front of big groups, small groups, kids, you know, college students, business people, you know, whatever. And if you've listened to any of the other podcasts I've done, you can tell that, you know, right away, everything I do is in first take. So I have some notes and I record the podcast. I don't do that much editing. I send it off to somebody in, um, a woman named Evelyn to, edit everything down into a, you know, uh, from a music and audio levels perspective, but I don't really edit anything I'm saying in there. So anyway, so I've been trying to give this speech or this, this podcast on this topic, because I know it's an important topic for a lot of people. And I've tried to give it like six times. And each time something's happened with the recording or there was a lot of background noise or whatever it is. So this is my sixth and hopefully final attempt at this podcast because uh, it's pretty funny that a podcast about public speaking um, has taken this long to record. So anyway, let's get rolling. So public speaking. So, ah, geez, public speaking. This is one of the things that freaks people out so much, so much more than just about anything else. This is one of the biggest fears people have. A lot of people are more afraid of public speaking than they are of death, which is, you know, crazy. Now, luckily for me, although I used to hate public speaking, I now seem to have the gene uh, the gene pool where I don't get afraid of public speaking at all. I actually look forward to it. The things that I get afraid of are really serious things like snakes and heights. Ugh, do not like that. Ferris wheels. Oof. I would rather give a speech in front of 100,000 people than sit on a Ferris wheel for two minutes. Yuck. Would not want to do that. Anyway, so public speaking is a big fear for a lot of people. So hopefully I'm able to help any of you um, who have that fear. And really, when you think about public speaking, I'm talking about whether you give a speech, a toast, or any kind of presentation, you know, that's a public speaking thing. And, you know, we've all seen bad speakers, right? And and you've seen bad speakers and they're horrible. And they just like, you're just dying while you're watching the person. You're just like, oh my God, you know, what can I do to get this person to stop talking? When will time uh, with this person end? Uh, it's just horrible. And then we've also probably seen really good speakers where we're like, all right, you know, this guy or this girl was awesome. I loved watching them. I could keep watching them forever. I really got a great, a lot of great lessons out of it. And, and you like, you know, you feel and you leave totally inspired. I know the first time I saw Simon Sinek speak, um, he gave a speech right before me and his speech is all about, you know, knowing your why and starting with your why and knowing why you're in business and, you know, what you're trying to do with your life why that's so important. And I remember he gave a keynote speech right before I gave a speech. I was so inspired by his speech that I really think I didn't really do a good job on my speech because I was still thinking about his speech. Um, so anyway, people love great speakers. And, and here's the thing. At the end of the day, you can really learn to be a great speaker. You don't have to be a natural. Um, I've got a very good friend named John who I did a presentation with several years ago. And quite frankly, I love him like a brother. And his presentation just wasn't it was okay. Material was great, but him as a speaker, just he just wasn't he just wasn't that great. You could tell he was really, really nervous and 
you know, kind of freaked out by the whole thing. And he worked on it and he worked on it for a couple of years. And, you know, he ended up being an amazing speaker. I saw him speak last year and I was, I was blown away. I was like, who is this guy? This guy's like totally different than the guy that I know and the guy that I presented with. He's so much better now. So I really do believe you can learn to be a great speaker. You don't have to be a natural um, to do it. Keeping in, keeping all that in mind, I want to give you some tips about speaking, any kind of public speaking. Again, whether you're giving a speech, a toast, presentation, doesn't really matter what it is. I'm going to take a sip of water first. Now that that's done, that's me banging the water on the table. So when you think about giving a presentation, a speech, or a toast, you have to think about there, there, are, four, there are three possible goals for your speech. Number one is to inform. So if you think of like a TED talk, so when you're informing, giving information, you're, you're telling your audience something. So what are you trying to tell your audience? Number two is to inspire. So if you think of a coach before a big game, you know, the idea there is you're trying to get your audience or your group just pumped up, just totally jacked up to do something. So think of a coach giving a speech to his team or her team. Number three is to entertain. So think of like a typical maid of honor or best man speech. That's really to get your audience to laugh, to have a good time and enjoy themselves while they're listening to you. So those are really the three main goals of any speech to boiling it down is you're either trying to inform, inspire, or entertain. One big goal also, or side goal you should have is to, is to not bore people to death. So being not boring is also a big goal of any speech. You should do whatever possible to not be boring. Because again, nobody likes a boring speaker. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're way too cool and way too good looking to be a boring speaker. Can't have that happen. Now, one of the other things about giving a good speech is that where people get freaked out is they say, okay, I have to give a speech or I have to give a toast or I have to give a presentation. And, they, and that just those words themselves tend to freak people out. So what I'm gonna challenge you to do is to, instead of saying you're gonna give a speech or a toast or presentation, to think about telling stories. So think about telling a story instead of giving a speech. Um, so what that means, what that means simply is that, you know, you're just going up there to tell stories. So people really connect more emotionally to you when you tell stories than if you give, you know, if you just throw in facts and figures at them. Because at, at the end of the day, our brains are not hardwired to retain facts and figures only. We're hardwired to hear stories. You know, ever since the very first caveman walked into the cave and told his buddy, hey man, that uh, cave woman chick down the, down the block is pretty freaking hot and I wanna ask her to the next bonfire. You know, we've been telling stories for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So think of telling stories rather than giving a speech. And, and if you think of a story, we break very quickly, I'm gonna break down what a story is. A story basically has three parts. There's the first part where you're really talking about the situation, establishing the characters, um, and that usually ends with a dramatic question. Like these three parts are often called acts. And if you look at any movie uh, or any great story, they have three acts. The second part is really the rising action where the main characters face with problems and choices and must make a decision. And then the third act or third part is the resolution and, and uh, climax. So if you think of the example of the movie Rocky, one of my favorite movies of all time, recommended highly. You know, fun fact, what most people don't know, realize about Rocky is it's really not a sports movie. It's really a love story 
which makes me uh, seem like I just sit around and watch romantic comedies all day long, which is partially true, but not totally true. Just don't tell anybody. Um, but you think about the movie Rocky. So in the first act, first part, we meet Rocky. He's a down on his luck club fighter. We meet Adrian, who's like this homely, painfully shy pet shop girl who lives with her oppressive brother. We meet Apollo Creed, who's like the cool looking dapper um, boxing champion of the world. We see their situation, you know, we see their situation and the end of the first act, Rocky's posed the question, you know, is he willing to fight the champ for the title? Um, and at first he says no, but eventually he says yes. So in the second act, we see Rocky and Adrian falling in love. We see Rocky training harder and harder for the fight and and, and battling uh, a variety of different uh, things about self-doubt and, whether, and his self-worth, whether or not he's going to be good enough. And we also see Apollo start to slack off, which brings us all to this slack off in his training, which brings us all to this dramatic third part where they fight, they beat the living crap out of each other, and Rocky goes the distance. And even though he goes the distance and loses, or it ends up being a tie, which means Apollo retains his championship, for Rocky, it's a huge win because he wins his self-respect, he gets the girl, and he, and he gets the fame. And there's a part in the second act where he says like, you know, for him, winning isn't about beating Apollo Creed. Winning is all about him just being able to go to the distance. So he had, cause he says, you know, if he goes the distance, then he's not just another bum from the neighborhood. So he, so in the third act, he goes the distance, you know, and although he doesn't actually win the fight for him, it's a huge win. So anyway, this is a classic story and this is a classic storyline in three parts. So when you're given a speech, think of things of that, of that, of telling a story in three parts and, and then you'll be able to connect with people way more emotionally. And, you know, once you've won people over emotionally, then you're, you're, uh, it's much easier to connect with them the rest of the speech. And it's, it's one of the easiest, most surefire ways to make sure that your speech, your presentation, your, or your talk goes over well. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about what to do, what not to do, how to relax, and some body language stuff now. So let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about what not to, uh, what not to do, because I think that's these are probably more important than some of the other things. First thing is if you're given a speech with any kind of PowerPoint slides or anything like that, I would really recommend that you don't just talk to the slides, don't use the slides as a crutch, um, don't just read off your slides, because you never know what's going to go on to those sides. You never know if there's going to be a mess up or something's going to happen. I gave a speech last week and um, I had sent my slides into the um, coordinator of the event. And I, and literally as I'm walking up to give the speech and I've got the clicker in my hand, I realized that they had screwed up one of my slides and, and had, you know, and they were out of order. So I had to do some adjusting on the fly. And, and luckily I don't ever really use my slides. Um, I don't read off of them. Um, so it went fine. Like no one really even noticed that that had happened, but so don't rely on your slides. Uh, don't read off your slides. The other thing is don't stand there with your hands in your pockets. That's the worst thing you can do. So don't just stand there with your hands in your pockets. People are looking at you. So don't just be some remorse dude with his, you know, shoulders hunched and, and, um, with your hands in your pockets. Another thing Although you probably see, you've probably, if you've done any research on public speaking, some people will tell you to do this. I think it's the worst thing in the world you can do is to start with an opening joke. I think this is 
by far the worst thing you can do with any speech you're giving, no matter where it is, because they almost always fall flat. You're almost always guaranteed to piss somebody off in the audience. It's just a bad idea all around. So don't start with a joke. That's the worst thing you do. So let's talk about what you should do. So there's uh, four or five things you should do. The very first thing is to plan for your audience. So when you're writing your speech, you're thinking about your speech that you're given, think about your audience. So who is it? You know, what are they going to like? When are they going to, when are they going to hear from you? Are they going to be, is it a formal event? Is it an informal event? Do you know a lot of them personally? Do you not know anybody personally? Are they going to be eating? Are they going to be drinking? Uh, Will it be breakfast, lunch, or dinner? I can tell you I've given speeches at all those times, and there's a huge difference between giving a speech uh, during a breakfast meeting and then giving a speech after a dinner at night when you're the only thing between the people in the audience and the bar. Um, So know your audience. Know know when you're going to give the speech. Know what they're probably going to feel like. Are you the first speaker of the day? Are you one of the last? Are they going to be mentally drained when they see you? Or are they going to be fresh and ready to go? So know and plan for your audience. Um, another thing I highly recommend, I think while telling a joke is a horrible idea in the beginning, I do think that using humor in your speeches is very important. And the kind of humor that is the is what I found to work no matter what the audience is, no matter what the topic is, no matter where in the country I've gone, you know, and given a hundred plus speeches, the best kind of humor to use is self-deprecating humor. So basically when you're making fun, um, uh, when you're making fun of yourself, that's called self-deprecating humor, if you don't know. Um, I do this all the time. So I do that. That's how I usually start my speeches is, I'll literally make fun of myself as I'm walking up or as, as soon as I get the clicker. Um, there's been a couple of times that <clears throat> for whatever reason, I haven't been able to use the clicker correctly. So I'll sit there and say like, hey man, I'm an expert in all this other stuff, but I just can't seem to figure out how to use this stupid clicker. So bear with me. Um, I'll tell people ahead of time that like, you know, although English was my minor in college, um, there are gonna be a lot of swear words. There's gonna be a lot of ahs and ums and, you know, I'm just not a perfect person, so I'm not really trying to be perfect. And <clears throat> you tend to get a lot of laughs from that. And people like it when you make fun of yourselves. It, it makes, it humanizes you in, in their eyes and it makes you feel like, uh, uh, make, uh, makes you look like one of them. And I think that's one of the big things is being able to bridge that gap between the audience and you and making them see you as just one of them. And that's one of the best things you can do is having yourself look like someone in the audience and making them connect with you and feel like, okay, you know, Hey, that guy's just like me or that, that woman's just like me. And so they just maybe, you know, people like people like them. So when you're able to use some self-deprecating humor, it's going to make you appear much more like them. And it's just a nice way to connect with people right away. Another thing I always recommend doing is to practice your speech a couple of times beforehand, two to three times should be fine. Um, and I usually do that in the, uh, day, day and a half before the speech. The way I do a speech is typically, you know, if I've got notes, I don't ever read off of a speech or I don't read verbatim off of something I've written. I usually just write bullet points. So I highly recommend you just write bullet points, three or four. I use index cards. So do three or four per index card and kind of roll through that a few times during the speech, uh, excuse me, during your practice. And what you'll find is, is when you go up on, on stage, you'll be more prepared and you probably won't even need your index cards. Um, so 
practice a couple of times beforehand. And then the last thing I do, which I highly recommend, is get to the room early. So wherever you're giving a speech, I don't care if it's a best man speech or you're giving a speech in front of 10,000 people, go to the room early, check out the acoustics, go on the stage, walk around, walk through the audience. What this will do is this will help ground you to the environment you're gonna be in and the speech you're gonna be giving. Um, I've done this, I do this with all of my speeches. I always walk the room, I sit in a couple of different chairs in the audience and I look up at, this, at the stage so I can see how my audience will see me. The one time I didn't do it, I was giving the speech in Arizona in front of hmm, probably 700 people. And it was, on a, it was on this circular stage that was kind of a rotating stage. And so I wasn't used to having people on my left, on my right, almost behind me, way up in front of me and then way down kind of like in um, the orchestra seats. And it totally freaked me out. And for the first you know, five minutes of my speech, I'm sure it just totally sucked because I didn't, you know, I really couldn't, I couldn't figure out like how to get a lay of the land, couldn't get a lay of the stage. So I always recommend getting to the room early. That will help ground you. And when you're doing all these things, planning for your audience, using humor, practicing beforehand, getting to them early, these are all things that help you relax um, because being relaxed and telling stories is probably the two, are the two biggest keys to giving a good speech. So when you talk about, uh, I wanna give you some tips on how to relax. So this is the thing that you know I hear from other people. This is their biggest challenge. Like I've got a good friend, Cisco, who is a very well-spoken guy. And we were talking the other day about public speaking. He was saying like, you know, I, I can't relax. You know, I'm, I'm afraid of looking bad. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there and if I, if I have to give a speech, I'm thinking about what I'm gonna say instead of just saying what, I'm, what I should be saying. And, and I was telling him, I'm like, you know, that's usually what I hear from a lot of people. Like that, what he's saying is, is very common. Like people have a very uh, challenging time relaxing. So here are some tips. So the first thing is, is to play out the worst case scenario, the worst case speech scenario that you could ever think of. So here's what I mean. So if you're given a speech, if you just absolutely bomb, what is the worst thing that could possibly happen to you? Like, does your wife leave you? Does your husband leave you? Does someone steal your car? Does someone take your wallet and take all your money? You know, do you get fired from your job? No. These are obviously, these are like, you know, worst case scenarios. Like those things are just not gonna happen, right? People might walk out and be like, hey man, he gave a horrible speech, but no one's gonna take all your money. You know, your wife's not gonna dump you, all that. She's not gonna dump you for that reason. Um, so when you play out the worst case scenario, then you, it, it kind of puts everything else into context. They're like, hey, I'm here to give a speech. I'm here to tell a story. And if I bomb, like life will go on. This is okay. The other thing to do is another thing way to relax is to remember that most people just even admire the fact that you're even given a speech for even trying to give a speech because you're doing something, you know, again, that I talked about before that most people are scared to death of. So people would, will admire you just for the fact that you're willing to try. The other thing is to set a really low bar of success. So when you think of your speech and, and what you're trying to do, think of things like, um, you know, what's your bar of success? And, and I, when I first started speaking, I set really low bars of success. I would say like, okay, I'm gonna go give this speech and no matter what happens, I'm not gonna fall off the stage. Or, you know, I'm gonna give this toast and no matter what happens, I'm not gonna drop my drink. So you set a really low bar of success for yourself in the beginning. And as you're giving your speech, you, you know, you're thinking, hey man, this is fantastic. I didn't fall off the stage. I didn't drop my drink. Like, this is great. So, so set a low bar of success for yourself. The other thing is 
to relax is to think, think about the fact that like, look, you've already practiced this. You've thought about your audience. So you're prepared. One of the best things I see from people is that when they feel prepared about something, then they automatically relax. Like if you go into a big meeting and you and you, and you're prepared and you've got you know you got your pen you got your pad you know what you're gonna say you know the things you got to go over you're kind of like hey man I got this like I'm ready to roll you're just you're just relaxed but then we've all had other times where we've run into a meeting we're five minutes late don't have a pad of paper nothing to write with our phone's going off and you're like what the hell am I even doing at this meeting like and you're not relaxed because you know you you're just not prepared for it so by being prepared for the speech. Thinking about your audience, you know, you'll you will be relaxed just based on that. Another thing to do to relax yourself, and I talked about this earlier, is to think is to think more about the fact that you're telling stories, you're not giving a speech. So you think about, okay, there's a thousand people in that room. I'm gonna go tell three really good stories. You don't go, I'm a thousand, there's a thousand people in that room, I have a 30-minute speech <clears throat> and I've got to cover these 20 slides. I mean, Jesus, even saying that phrase makes me nervous even saying it. So those are some ways to relax. And the other things to do that I always do before I give a speech is as I'm walking up, I take three deep breaths. So I take like a, and I'll do that until I get to the microphone because I I sort of have a uh, speech ritual, which I would recommend that you establish. And that is basically saying like, okay, before every speech here, the two things I'm doing. And so for me, there are two things that I do is I say, I take three deep breaths and I think about the worst case scenario. And that's it. You know, when I, and when I started earlier, I would do, you know, earlier in my career, I would do, I would do like the three breaths. I'd say a quick prayer and I'd say, okay, you know, and I'd pray to my grandmother and my grandfather and say, Hey, please let me give a really good speech. Send me good vibes. Um, and you know the, that would be my mantra. That would be my ritual, my speech, my pre-speech ritual. So I would definitely establish that. It's like some type of pre, pre-speech ritual that you do before every speech to relax you. Because being relaxed means you're going to give a better speech. And if you're prepared, you're going to give a better speech. The last thing I want to talk about is body language. And this is a pretty easy one, but I'm going to mention it anyway. And your body language and how you present yourself is everything. So Everything from what you wear to your shoes, your hair, your jewelry, how you're dressed, how you move across the stage, everyone is always looking at that. They're always gonna be looking at you. Even if you've got PowerPoint slides up there, people like looking at other people. So think about how you walk, how do you move when you speak? You know, are you, do you have your hands jammed in your pockets with your shoulders slumped? Or are you walking around confidently? Are you striding to the stage confidently like you're excited to tell people? Are you confident or do you look nervous? So think about those things. And, and, and really, it sounds silly, but I practice those. I would practice those things. Pretend, you know, you're walking into a, you know, walk into a room, pretend you're giving a speech. What do you look like? Do you stride in confidently? You know, is your head high? Are you making eye contact with people in the audience? You know, practice those things because your body language, people are going to make a decision on you in the first, you know, anywhere from 30 seconds to the first couple minutes of when you speak. So, Knowing your body language and really nailing that down is really key. Um, Closing thoughts on this. Look, at the end of the day, giving a really good speech or toast or presentation is an art form. Some of the tips and and tricks that I've outlined here are the things that worked for me. I'm sure you'll find other things 
uh, in addition to these that will work for you. Um, think of it as an art form. Think of it as something that it's a progression. You know, no matter where you are right now, you can become a much better speaker. You can master it with a little practice and effort. Again, and, and the final thing is the key to success in this is being able to connect with your audience. So you got to be able to believe in yourself and what you're saying. You got to remember to tell stories. You got to remember how to relax, figure out how to relax yourself and remember what to do in terms of planning for your for your audience, practicing it, uh, practicing your speech beforehand, getting to the room early and making sure that you understand what the goals of your speech are. Are you there to inform? Are you there to inspire? Are you there to entertain? So hopefully this presentation has been, or this presentation, <laughs> ah, boy, uh, this this podcast has been valuable. Please let me know. And if you wouldn't mind, if you could go to um, our link on iTunes and leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it. And as always, I always welcome your questions and comments at Jim at Epic All Day. And again, this is the sixth time I've recorded this podcast. So I don't know that I'm going to edit out any loud banging noises or the train going by or me sipping a glass of water. I'm just so thrilled that I finally was able to uh, get this puppy out. So thank you very much for checking in and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Epic Living Podcast with Jim Simcoe. I hope you have a great day. Feel free to check us out online at jimsimcoe.com. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.